It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. On March 27, 1941, 29-year-old Japanese spy Takeo Yoshikawa arrived in Honolulu, Hawaii. He was tasked with observing the positions of naval forces in Pearl Harbor and would be a prominent figure in planning the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor later that year. If you enjoy this episode and want to listen to more true crime events from history, check out our series Today in True Crime. You can find new episodes every day. Follow Today in True Crime free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today is Friday, March 27th, 2020. On this day in 1941, Japanese spy Takeo Yoshikawa arrived in Hawaii. He was a key figure in planning the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor later that year. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the espionage activity of Japanese spy Takeo Yoshikawa. Let's go back to Honolulu, Hawaii on March 27, 1941. When the Japanese passenger liner Nitamaru docked at Honolulu's Pier 8, the customs officials waiting on shore had no idea it was carrying a spy. And even if they had known a spy was amongst the ship's passengers, he wouldn't have aroused their suspicion. As the 29-year-old disembarked, he naturally blended into the crowd. He was of medium height and build, and his slicked-back hair fit well with the current style. His neck wreathed in a traditional flower lay, the spy headed for the customs line. It was his first major test. If the immigration officials suspected him, his operation would be over before it even began. He identified himself as Tadashi Morimura, the newest junior diplomat at the Japanese consulate. But in reality, he was Takeo Yoshikawa, naval reserve ensign and Japanese spy. After graduating with honors from the Imperial Japanese Naval College in 1933, Yoshikawa had passed submarine and pilot training. Although a stomach ailment ended his combat career after only two years, Yoshikawa's experience still made him a valuable asset to his country. Offered a position in the Navy's intelligence division, Yoshikawa dedicated four years to learning English and everything he could about the American Navy's resources in the Pacific. In March 1941, Yoshikawa was called into action. The Japanese military was preparing to go to war with the U.S. and wanted to stage a surprise attack on Hawaii. Yoshikawa's job would be to observe the American naval positions and report on any movement as the plan developed. 
Despite his relatively low rank, Yoshikawa's job was of the utmost importance. He was Japan's only military spy in Hawaii. If he couldn't reliably convey his observations, the attack would fail. The operation was so hush-hush, only the Japanese consulate general and the vice consul in Hawaii knew Yoshikawa's real identity. Although every spy has to avoid detection, Yoshikawa's unique position made secrecy all the more important. But his diplomatic status, paired with Hawaii's sizable Japanese population, made it easy for him to move about the islands without drawing suspicion. He could simply stroll through southern Oahu and visually keep stock of the ships in Pearl Harbor and the plains on Ford Island. Additionally, his military training gave him a unique advantage in observing the naval positions. Yoshikawa's swimming prowess allowed him to detail underwater placements, along with tidal flows, beach gradients, and general marine geography. His pilot training came in handy as well. He had no problem renting planes from the Honolulu airports and getting a bird's-eye view of the assembled military forces. But in all reality, there was no need for covert operations. From Yoshikawa's favorite tea house in the hills above Honolulu, he could see both the harbor and the airstrip. There were even convenient tourist telescopes inside the tea house, giving him a better view. Even if he had fallen under suspicion, there was little the authorities could do to investigate Yoshikawa. Since he communicated through the consulate, the American counterintelligence agencies were prevented from legally monitoring his messages back to Japan. By September 1941, Yoshikawa had provided a near-complete picture of the assembled American forces. Confident that they had the intel they needed, the Japanese put their plans into motion. But Yoshikawa's job wasn't done yet. Coming up, the attack on Pearl Harbor takes shape. Now, back to the story. Upon arriving in Honolulu on March 27, 1941, 29-year-old Japanese spy Takeo Yoshikawa was tasked with observing the Americans' military positions. Specifically, he monitored the naval forces in Pearl Harbor and the airstrip on Ford Island. Armed with his intel, the Japanese government honed in on Pearl Harbor as their target for a surprise attack on the United States. Following that decision, Yoshikawa received a flurry of requests for the latest American fleet positions. Although he didn't know exactly when the attack would be, Yoshikawa knew it could come at any moment. Over the course of November 1941, the questions from Japan became increasingly detailed. Ten days before the attack, a lieutenant commander in the Japanese Navy disguised himself as a ship's steward. In this disguise, he was able to personally get answers to nearly 100 questions about Pearl Harbor from Yoshikawa. After that exchange, Yoshikawa was instructed to give daily updates on the fleet position. The attack was imminent. At 7.55 a.m. on December 7th, Yoshikawa was eating breakfast as usual 
when he heard the first explosions. Looking out his window, he could see smoke rising from the harbor. If the near constant explosions weren't obvious enough, he knew the attack had commenced when the Japanese radio station he was listening to broadcasted the secret phrase, East Wind Rain, during the weather forecast. Upon hearing the secret message, Yoshikawa hurried to the consulate and burned his codebooks and archived instructions. His actions didn't come a moment too soon. By 8.30 a.m., American authorities entered the Japanese consulate. While Yoshikawa and his colleagues were held under guard, the FBI ransacked the Japanese offices. Thanks to Yoshikawa's efforts, all they found was a half-drawn sketch of Pearl Harbor in his trash can. Suspicious, but hardly enough to out him as a spy. Still, the consulate's entire staff was confined in the building for the next 10 days. Despite the lack of concrete evidence, the Japanese men were escorted to a Coast Guard vessel and taken to San Diego. In March 1942, they were sent to an internment camp in Arizona. That August, Yoshikawa and the other diplomats were exchanged for American prisoners in Japan. Through it all, nobody realized that Yoshikawa was a spy. They simply saw him as a Japanese national. Back in Japan, Yoshikawa resumed working for naval intelligence, though now that he was on the Americans' radar, he could no longer work as a spy. But that suited him just fine. As the war raged in the Pacific, Yoshikawa married and had two children. However, he wasn't out of danger yet. When American troops occupied Japan in the wake of the nuclear attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Yoshikawa feared he'd get arrested because of his military position. Before they could track him down, Yoshikawa fled the city and posed as a rural Buddhist monk. The deception worked. He remained undetected throughout the American occupation. Once they left in 1952, he returned to his family and lived the rest of his life in peace. However, that didn't mean life was easy. There was no longer a military position for him, and Yoshikawa struggled to find work. Ultimately, his family had to rely on the money his wife made through insurance sales. Despite the incredibly important work he had done for his country, he received no recognition and no pension. For the millions of people whose lives irrevocably changed, this would probably seem like a fair punishment for one of the key cogs in the Pearl Harbor attack. But like many spies, Takeo Yoshikawa was just doing what his country asked of him. And like many spies, he was ultimately tossed aside. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more exciting stories of covert operations and spycraft, check out the ParCast original, Espionage.
Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Billy Pace, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benedon, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson.